the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Open Lines Friday, 602-508-0960. The clouds are comminatory. That's our word for the day, comminatory, and um, threatening, dangerous. I'm on to my GM. I can read him like a book. Sometimes during the break, I'll go in and check in with him, you know. And he didn't want to see me. I walked in, and he was doing the old, like I was ordering up, like I was asking for a, a, a change of seats, at a at a ticket counter at, at the airport, you know, just, you know, I'm typing a million words. I know he was not typing anything. He just didn't want to see me. So I'll go to people who do. Rob and surprise. Hello, Rob. Hi, Seth. What a lousy day weather-wise here. Yeah. Rainy, yucky, cloudy. Yeah. Um. And anyway, I I do have to weigh in on uh, the dog issue. Naturally, um, my experience has been. Uh, with all the Rotties I've owned, Rottweilers are fearless. They don't have a problem. They don't shiver. They don't shake. They don't uh, run under a bed, and they probably wouldn't sit under a bed anyway. I did have my Borble girl from South Africa, Sasha. She did shiver. She was like 140 pounds of uh, burning love, as Elvis would sing about. Um, she would shiver. So at one point, this was a few years ago, I got her a Thunder shirt. It barely fit her, and it definitely, unfortunately, didn't work at all. Um, now... I'm not saying don't get one for Dagny. I'm not saying people shouldn't get them. Maybe it works in every breed or every dog is going to be individual and different. But one thing I remember um, being either told or reading about was whenever it thunders and you have a dog that's a little bit apprehensive or shivering, shaking, and nervous, um, the last thing you should do is, is like hold them in your arms, hug them, and reassure yeah, that's them what because, Dana was saying. Don't don't make yeah. don't reinforce that they should be afraid. That's right, and and uh, give them a false sense of security. Right. So that's, uh, right. That was one of the big things that I had to mention. Also, I should mention, too, in, in passing, uh, Bill and I had a nice chat before he got me on here. I did send him a... It's Neil called Pierce The Ancillary Trump. Show. He has these long <laughs> chats with listeners. <laughs> that's what makes the show so fun. Yeah, he's um, one at a time in with you. Well, I'm just, you know, strumming my fingers, waiting, <laughs> waiting to mass communicate with you all. Well, yeah, but I, I, I sense a relationship building with Bill, too, so that's a good sign. Um, but I, I also wanted for to mention, who? well, maybe maybe for Bill and you, okay. um, Getty Lee, the bass player, and Alex Leifson, the guitar player for Rush, um, they were at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, and there's a video on YouTube, about a half hour long, I think. Getty apparently has written uh, one of these cocktail table books that um, is all about the bass guitar, and he's got hundreds of pictures. He's got a collection of, like, I don't know, 400-some bass guitars of his own. Um, he's kind of a obsessive-compulsive guy anyway, but in a good way. So. Um, and that's something that uh, I guess a lot of people may not know much about, that those who are interested in bass guitars uh, or having a cocktail book with such an unusual uh, topic for cocktails um, might be worth getting. I don't know how much it is, 
but it's over 400 pages, so you just don't want to drop it on your big toe if you drop it. Getting these <laughs> big, beautiful book of bass. Yeah, exactly. Coffee table book. Even, yeah. That, yeah, coffee table book. That's right. Um, the, the one thing I did want to mention, and, and I thought about I don't know about putting dogs in sweaters, to be honest with you. I really don't. Mm. I come from the view that they're descendants of wolves, and these things are unnatural yeah. to the wolf. Well, they are. and, and I also wonder if it might make them overheat. Yeah, well, I think you may be on to I think I, I am. I think, I, I, think there, I am. There's a branch in the dog kingdom that many of the large breeds are descended from the Tibetan Mastiff. Yeah, well, um, there is a Tibetan and, Mastiff breed itself. Yeah, right. and, and they're big and they're furry. And I, don't I think, think it's the most dangerous dog to own. It's one of them. Yeah. I think no, I really do. I really do. I, yeah. They're killers, yeah. Well, um any dog can potentially be, especially those little ankle biter chihuahuas yeah. that seem to cause more bloodletting than some of the bigger could ones. Could be. But, know, um, could be. But those those kind of dogs, the Tibetan Mastiff and all their descendants, which are the larger breeds from, you know, Great Dane to... Uh, to um, Leon Burgers. The, uh, Mastiffs and, yeah, Leon Burgers and all that, they don't need sweaters because they're kind of built for colder weather anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, again, food for thought, I guess, for those have dogs but um one of the things that was weighing on my mind actually from mrs rob this this is a really good point earlier when you were talking about chris cuomo i wonder if when when who who andrew cuomo oh andrew cuomo i'm still here i get my my i'm still here rob yes no 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 i i just uh she she'd mentioned when you were talking about uh all of a sudden, you know, he diverted his comment away from anything related to COVID and yep. started talking about him losing his dad. And I'm right. wondering, you know, would anybody in the media ever ask him if in the current environment over the past year, would he have put his dad in a nursing home? Right. And we all know that the media would never bother asking. Right, like right. You had the health commissioner because, in Pennsylvania who's up for a second assistant secretary of health and human services who took her own mom out of nursing home. Remember? Well, that, yeah, it, it, it's the man identifying as the woman. Right. Or, or vice versa. Yeah, I, I don't remember which, but right. Yeah. I think it, that's normal. Yeah, that's totally nothing to <laughs> see here. Great sarcasm. Nothing to talk about here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, not at all. Anyway, um, one of the things I was thinking about was uh, in order to prevent our show, our, I'm sorry, your show, <laughs> from becoming uh, a basic echo chamber, is we need to figure out a way to get more either callers or guests who have more leftist liberal Democrat uh, credentials or or something so that we can engage them. And again, you know, it's an, it's an attempt by us, the good guys, to reach out and try to understand why they think the way they think, why, why they believe what they believe, and maybe they can come on and give a good explanation about, oh, I don't know, why everybody voted for Biden, for example. And all the forty odd executive orders that are, you know, not none of which are in Americans' uh, national interest. Um, but that's kind of a side issue. But I, I don't know how to do that. I don't. I know have mixed can... views on it. Um, so uh, the general rule here, as Bill knows, and as maybe many of you know, is that we never screen for a point of view uh, or agreement right. or disagreement. We just don't. We may we may mm-hmm. screen occasionally for. Occasionally, we may screen for whether it's on point or not, and we're more loose yeah. about that on Fridays. And we may screen for poor uh, 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 phone quality. 
but we don't we don't really screen and we welcome you know all comers and any comers and i and i happen to know for a fact i have a lot of listeners who don't agree with me but they're just not callers i get a lot of them on email i ask them to call but i um i i i i'm of mixed mixed uh view on pushing the point um very hard because of two reasons one is they have uh, I don't I I think I know how they think frankly and I think I'm more honest about it than they are <laughs> for one well, thing yeah. uh, but for a second um they have every other venue and I want us to in some respects be able to have ours I don't need to give them um deliberately give them uh, more of an outlet happy happy to talk and debate and discuss happy to but i don't right. i don't need to actively think that this show needs to um find uh, uh, uh it's donna brazil's if you will right um yeah I, and then I, the third I, point and it, and you may have a different experience with it bill may others may i don't know but i have heard with rare exception but not without rare exception but with rare exception I have heard a lot of shows that do this, and it ends up into a real shouting match. And I don't think I've ever really I, – I, I think I can remember one caller, and it was a guest, frankly, that I regret um, getting into a bit of a elevated or heated conversation with. It was a guest. I, I, I know what it is in my mind. It was many years ago, and I to this day remember and regret it, um, that it that it turned that way. So I don't think I've ever had that myself, but it's odd if you listen to the shows that actively do that, you will find, I think, at least my experience, and I listen to a lot of radio, they end up being big shouting matches. Now, obviously, it takes two to tango, and I'm not much of that kind of person, so it would more likely it would be, it would be less likely to happen here. But the point is, I have found so many of these callers just unwilling to have that discussion. That, Under the usual, you know, what I like to think of as the platonic rules of dialogue, goodwill, mm -hmm. starting with goodwill. Yeah. Now, I can, I would bet a lot of money that you would not be the initiator of any heated uh, or yelling, screaming. I, I, as I say, I think it's only been once in my storied yeah. career. How long have I been doing this? 16 years, going yeah. on 17. I think I can only yeah. remember once where I really regretted where that happened. Yeah, but you didn't start it, though, did you? I don't think so. I wouldn't think so I don't either. And think you were I very, did. you actually were good a couple months ago with a liberal caller. You were very polite. and he No, I always try to be. I always try to yeah. be. It's just, it's a very rare thing to find a liberal caller yeah. who doesn't engage in that. But they're welcome to if they don't. If they oh, don't sure. engage in yeah. shouting, they're, they're always welcome. But Absolutely. I, I kind of, but I don't want to go too terribly far in saying that we need. I know they're in the audience. Well, yeah. I know they're in the audience. I just yeah, don't, I, but, don't, but, I don't want to push too hard that they need to be here on uh, no. on the microphone. Hold the thought. I'll be right back. I know you have more. We'll okay. be right back. 602-5080-960. Welcome back to the Seth Leeson Show. 602, huh? Yeah, you're welcome. 602 Zero nine six zero open line Friday rush Friday. Hi Rob, thanks for waiting. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Limelight is one of my faves, and it's one of the fuller sounds of a three-piece band. Um, and it's a wonderful song for those who were in the limelight, like Rush. Um, 
bottom of my heart. Um, now, th- th- maybe I shouldn't have said you need more left liberal Democrats. Maybe there's, there must be a way to sort of encourage or invite. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I you can know, do more. I, 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 I can do that. a little more. I can do a little more. Well, just, I don't know. You, personally, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that's done. I mean. Well, you know, I, a lot you... of people will email me long threads or not even mm-hmm. long ones, but interesting stuff. And I, and I yeah. my reply is usually, please call in. Yeah. I think, you know, one would think that that lack of them engaging is almost as though they don't want to have a dialogue maybe. with us. Yeah, maybe. And. And that's why what happens in social media uh, when you counter some usually emotional rant about Orange Man Bad or whatever the latest, uh, Biden's great and softball questions for the president now, as opposed to the past four years, um, they don't seem to want to be civil about anything because so much of their lives are run on emotion. And I don't know how to break through to people that don't or aren't willing to listen. And that's one of the great ironies, because the whole progressive movement is supposed to be progressive enough to... Well, notice what their that. effort is, though, Rob. Their effort is oh, to yeah. even further shrink and stint the ability by deplatforming and canceling well, and, and depriving yeah. us of debating in the public square. That is their effort. They are not, yeah. by and large, interested in consent being reached by debate and discussion and persuasion. They're not motivated by that no, they're anymore. Not. So every time oh, yeah. I invoke those classical norms of reason, um, I'm reminded of kind of what Tevi said yesterday, which was it's falling on deaf ears. That is not their interest. Their interest yeah. is our way or the highway. Their interest yep. is, as the BLM curricula put it, uh, how, how did they put it yesterday? I was quoting it. Uh, had it here a minute ago. Yeah, need not we need not justify stating what we state. We need not justify right. it. Right. So, right. you know, discussion, reason, debate, um, marketplace of ideas. This is not this this is not their interest. No, and, and I think part of it is because they don't really have any ideas for the betterment of the country, society, or culture. In fact, quite the opposite, and I think that's become very clear. We need not qualify our position. That's the wording. Sorry, that's the verbiage. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's true. Um, but, and I don't know how to crack that nut. I've tried many times, um, but it's always met with, on social media and discussions, uh, it's always met with a harumph and unfriend or block and i keep and i'm civil i just don't understand why these progressive open-minded people are open-minded unless you disagree they're not open-minded no they're They're not open-minded right i mean they're open-minded in the span of political uh thought that ranges from marxism to joe biden anything (laughs) a click to the right of joe biden is not appropriate Discussion is not appropriate protected yeah. thought or speech. Did you see the latest? I mean, story after story is now coming out about the January 6th pipe bombs, violence planned the day before, days before. How can you have an incitement to riot when it was done before the incitement? You don't mean it was staged, do you? Seth? It was planned before the incitement. It was planned before the words he spoke. I don't even know if they knew he was speaking. Or planning on no, speaking. 
Exactly. That's exactly right. And and I think again, uh, this whole thing just sort of boils down to, um, uh, well, the education and it was white supremacist, the, even though the largest part of the group was led by an Afro-Cuban. Yeah, uh, which which always makes a lot of always sense. makes again, a lot of sense. I think I think one of their biggest problems is their arrogance, and they can't possibly conceive that they could possibly be wrong about anything. Well, you know where that comes from, though? I mean, that is the fault of what they were taught in college. So take someone like Alexandria Cortez, and you think Mm -hmm. about the college experience she had at Boston University. She was taught that there is this position, and everything else is extremist or radical. And so she comes out and graduates, and what did she work as a bartender, I think? So she yeah. has discussions as bartenders tend to, and they reinforce her, her probably her customer base or her, her client base. They reinforce this notion that mm-hmm. uh, the Robs and Seths of the world are crazy extremists. They want to do harm. They don't care about poor people. And why would we give them – why would you give someone like that a platform? It's, it's a version of what Dennis Prager said, which was based on something I said. If 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 your president is a fascist, why wouldn't you cheat to win and defeat him? Which is a version well, yeah. of what I said is, you know, these ongoing uh, declarations of uh, of of the president as a fascist or Hitler create the obvious uh, conditions, philosophical and moral conditions for revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same point. And yeah, and and they think that of us, Rob. Why would oh, you why would you give why would you give a fascist? A speech platform. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, no, that's true. I um, one of the guys from the Naval Academy Alumni Association sent an email out about a, a former Soviet KGB agent named Yuri Bezmenov, who in 1970 escaped from Delhi, India, and I think ended up in Canada, claimed political asylum. And one of the things he mentioned was that the KGB back then and whatever it is now. Uh, GRU or something. They devoted about 85% of its resources to political subversion. Of course, yeah. And not just classic espionage. Right. Which which I thought, you know, and he broke it down into, you know, four phases or so. Uh, one was demoralization, where it takes about 20 years to brainwash the public, um, manipulate the media and academia, uh, which is required. And now, of course, uh, the culture on our campuses and both the faculty and the students sort of confirms that. And anybody with differing points of view are suppressed, made to feel isolated, and many just give up. Mm-hmm. And then they, they talk about destabilization, uh, which, you know, throw the society into chaos two to five years. Now, that's where you get the economy and foreign relations and defense. They're weak, change. Yep. Public trust is destroyed. Yep. Uh, create a crisis. You Jeez. bet. Well, pandemic, anybody? And yeah, no, I know, point, it, yeah, no, exactly right. Create a crisis. Um and uh, that's why I, I refer to this as the crisis industrial complex. Marx called it the permanent revolution. I call it the crisis industrial complex. It's the same thing. Oh, you want to hear something funny? Listener Don writes out, in the brave new world of gender neutral speak, I think Joe Biden's going to have to start saying, come on, you. That's pretty funny. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Are you are you deliberately using rain music? You are? 
I did. Except for Limelight, which is okay. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Open line Friday, 602 There's Dave. Hi, Dave. Oh, good afternoon, teacher. Appreciate you letting me on the show again, sir. Always. How are you? I'm uh, very blessed. Good. Some, somehow I've been out of work since April and I haven't lost my house yet. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Keep at it. But, yeah, something you mentioned, it made, and it was, it's a great conversation with you and Rob. Um, and it dovetails. It, it's a great springboard to what I'm talking. What I wanted to talk about. Um, we, we we've known exactly what the other side is doing. And when I say the other side, it's kind of loose because I think it's really the establishment politicians and establishment media and, and Hollywood. They they and I, I identified it early on, but other people have done so as well. It's the book from 1949. And uh, Saul Alinsky has perfected the, the game plan. It, it's marching orders for them to turn us into serfs. It's just what it is. Particularly having to do with the coronavirus crisis? Well, I, I, again, I, I don't know that it's a coronavirus crisis. I think the crisis is really the lockdown. I'm old enough to remember, because I experienced it firsthand, when there was a virus in my elementary school, we had chicken pox party. And we spread the virus. Yeah, go get it. Parents wanted the kids to go get it and get it over with, right? Very intentionally, right. yeah. yeah. I, I, lots of people suggested that, self-included, in March. Mm-hmm. When, when we found out after 15 days to slow the curve, which turned into 15 months of unending pain, um, we could have we could have approached this a lot of different ways, but instead we listen to the expert, and I think they're they're intentionally destroying our economy. Let me ask you a political question. I'm curious your thoughts on this. Did you see the viral video? I'm blanking on her name. Some people may know it, but it was this restaurant owner, female restaurant owner, and yeah, Marsden, Angela Marsden, the 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 owner of the Pineapple Saloon in Southern California. And she did a viral a video that went viral because she was not allowed to have outdoor dining, but the state of California allowed right next door in a shared parking lot an outdoor dining area for Hollywood types making movies. Did you see that video? I, I did, Seth, and it goes back to what you and I have discussed for over a year. The establishment politicians deal in hypocrisy. Lies and projection. Yes, when all we, true. But hold the thought. Up, hold the thought. I'll let you finish. But please. hold the thought because I because I want to get my question out to you, and you can come back on that and anything else. You you no no problem with time here. Um, do you think people like her? And I've heard her interviewed several times. Um, and and people like her patrons, who are probably not conservatives, probably not. Do you think that they will come over to conservatism or at least a rejection of statism based on what they've experienced? Or or will the greater mass of people um, keep going along with this nonsense? What, what's your prediction on that? I, I think the establishment has turned so many minds against rational thinking and, and against critical thinking. I don't know that we we will ever have the upper hand in the 
in the arena of ideas. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I, I did interrupt you, though, with that. So go go right ahead to the point. No. I, I, again, I, we've talked about this ad nauseum the, the past year. Um, I, I saw President Trump as our shield, um, and, and I thought that's why God did the things he did and took away my job in April, but allowed me to continue doing what I was able to do to register voters and to to drive around the state and get the energy up. Um, The thing that troubles me, and I hear it from a a lot of people, I don't want to single anybody out on the radio, um, that, that, oh, just wait, in 2022 or 2024, we'll just reclaim the Senate or the House. I don't think we ever have a, a less fair election than we did last cycle, and I don't know how they will get more fair in the future. So I'm not sure what the solution is, but ginning up our side to participate more, I don't think is going to be enough to ever win back. You and I, I guess you and I do disagree on that. If you want to hold, we can get into it a little more because I I, I do have a different view. I mean, I know the risks and I and I share those and I and the threats and the worries. Those I share with you. I'm just a little I think is the word a little less pessimistic than you. You're free to stay on and we can talk more about it when we come back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Uh, Dave um, is calling in, and, and, and he's talking about um, how uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll let you state it, Dave, because I don't want to use adjectives that you might disagree with about future elections. If you want to restate your position on, on your concern over them, go right ahead. Yeah, thank you so much sure. for keeping me on. And sure. Hopefully you can hear me okay. I had to step out of my car. Hear you fine. Um, okay, perfect. Um, yeah, I, I'm just concerned based on what I've seen. Uh, I've looked at the information from Pennsylvania. I was at the Maricopa County Board of Elections. We saw trucks rolling in with ballots 11 days after the election. Um, I've seen what I think are credible stories about ballots being harvested and brought in on planes. I saw what happened. It appeared in Georgia where they had two cases of ballots that were never folded, never creased, only voted for Biden potentially computer generated I, I i just i don't i don't see how the people's voice will matter i, I think it was it was evident in the, the senate runoffs in georgia i think people were so disheartened that the republicans didn't turn out the vote right that's my concern i think they were so disheartened and i think they were so turned off by certain counsel that they didn't and i and and i think it's a huge loss for us a devastating loss for us as a result which is why I'm not exactly where you are. I, I mean, I, I can't dispute anything you said, and I don't, up until the point of, up until the point of what happens next. The fact that Republicans didn't show up in Georgia punishes the country, and if we become uh, blasé or um, so negative that we don't effort uh, winning in two years, then it will affect the country. The the burden right now is on the Republican state legislators, I believe, uh, which we do control uh, in bicameral houses, the House and Senate and unicameral houses, just the state legislator to input the certain um, kinds of things and laws to make it necessary that we never have these questions over these elections again. Um, 
there's a lot of fault and blame to go around from high to low, including, I think, a little bit with Donald Trump himself, to be quite honest with you, when he threatened to withhold CARES Act money to states that did unsolicited mail-in ballots and then caved on that. He shouldn't have caved. If he didn't cave, we likely wouldn't be in the position we're in today. So that's just one example. But I think I think if the state legislatures don't get to this at the state level and if they don't get to voter ID at the state level, this is their burden. I know some are efforting it here and elsewhere, but the burden is on them to tighten these screws up and for us never to have to deal with what happened in Georgia again. I don't want to turn off voters or the opportunities. The stakes and the costs are way too high because, Dave, what do you do? What do you do if we never win another election? I can't fathom what that looks like. I don't know where I'd move to. I don't know. This is the last best hope. You're right. right. No, right. Exactly. Exactly. It is what it is, right? It is what it is, and that's why I can't fathom losing it and won't allow us to from the best of my abilities. Um, So I have a really good friend who is as high up as they can get in one of the two Senate campaigns in Georgia. And I said and I asked him um, if there was fraud in that. Not the presidential, but the runoff. The the, uh, the runoff, and he said no. That that wasn't fraud. There were other problems. Fraud wasn't it. My worry is, Dave, what you said, because I think it was what you said. Republicans didn't show up, and those margins were pretty close. Republicans didn't show up. So now we get because Republicans didn't show up, a whole new round of progressive judges on the federal bench at the district and appellate level. By the way, on that, before I go to my next call, I just have to say something about a, a clip I saw today that just annoys, annoys me to no end. Um, it, was a, it was a clip from last year that for some reason was making the rounds today on TV of Kamala Harris um, saying, uh, blasting Donald Trump for not appointing black members to the appellate courts. And something like, do you know that of the 50 people who President Trump appointed to the Court of Appeals for lifetime appointments, not one of them is black? And how is that OK? Just just FYI, look a little closer and a little more inward. The great hero, the great hero to the left in the judiciary, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, 25 years on the Supreme Court, 25 years on the Supreme Court. One black clerk. One. One. Thirteen years on the D.C. appellate court. Zero. Zero. You know, we don't need these lectures. Brett Kavanaugh has already had more black clerks in his two years on the Supreme Court than Ruth Bader had in her double-digit number of years. We just don't need these lectures. Hal in Prescott. Hi, Hal. Hello, Seth. Hey, thanks for taking the call. You bet. Appreciate it. You bet. Uh, I wanted to comment on elections. Yes. And um, uh, because we have a massive opportunity coming up here. And uh, yes, you know, uh, most importantly, yeah, the state legislatures need to get it together uh, because the Democrats chose the ground that the bat that the battle Correct. was fought on. Nice place. Well put. Well, well said. Yeah. We were doing Pickett's charge. Mm-hmm. Up the hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's a tribute to the stupidity of the Republican Party that they have a fundamental lack of understanding that the rules that govern elections elections are fundamental. Right. 
that they matter so much right. and that they, you know, Wright's Priebus was on television. And one of the things he said was, oh, I guess we need, I'm paraphrasing, oh, I guess we need to have like a permanent group at the RNC that deals with it. Hell yes. And I'm sitting here right. saying to myself, yeah, it's... Are you, I mean, you guys are playing wiffle ball. Right. Right. You know, I mean, th- these people are fools. Right. And so this is part of the problem. And so people who actually have, you know, some gray matter actually need to get involved in the party and say, uh, guys, you know, you can manufacture all the ballots you want that look perfectly legitimate if you change the rules to favor that sort of process. And that is what has happened. They chose the ground. So if you let them choose the ground, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So at the state legislatures, you know, if anybody's in there saying, oh, I don't know if we need you, get them out of there. Yeah. Vote them out. Yeah. Primary them. They're morons. Get rid of them. So that that's kind of number one. And let let me do is, this before we get to sure. number two. I have to hit a break here in, in, in a second, and I'm going to make a practice of getting some state legislators on this show so we can see what they're up to and hear what they're up to. I know they are up to things, and I'm going to exp- you know bring that out um, so that we can um, – Help them uh, do it. Uh, so just uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to work on that over the next couple of weeks. But Hal, hold the line, and I'll come back to your other point on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Hal is in Prescott. Thank you for your patience, Doc. Hey, thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. So uh, the, 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 the second part of my, my thought is uh, that was uh, spurred on by a, a great write-up in Issues and Insights uh, that came out maybe today about the the king mother of all regulations. I wanted to get to that, mother. the one, the worst one we haven't talked about, I think oh. it was titled or something. Yeah, I wanted to get to that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but and, go and, ahead and well, give it to us in a minute if you want. Sure, sure. Yeah, Trump, Trump had, you know, as we all know, Trump had made a point of, of getting rid of old regulations right, right. and regulations that don't make sense. Right. And for decades, for 40 years, there's been a cost-benefit analysis applied to new regulations. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense to do it? You know, do you, do you get more gain than cost, more benefit than cost? And uh, Biden has removed that, that test. And so there is no longer in, in, uh, Biden's, in Biden land a cost versus benefit analysis right. of new regulations. Right. That is gone. Right. So long story short, you know, if they say, you know, every car has to have six wheels and two of them have to be on the roof, you know, you don't have to do a cost benefit analysis right. it's of that. The, the regulation is anymore. what's important. Right. Right. Yes, regulation for its own sake. Yeah. And so, and, and power lines. Rituals, power of, line, uh, ri- rituals of empty exactitude, Hadley Arcus calls them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Powerline had a great little piece yes. uh, about, yes. uh, about, uh, about what regulate the effect is. Right. So we could build the Empire State Building in less than two years, actually about yeah. a year and a month or two, right? We could build right. the Pentagon in 16 months. But it takes us nine years to get a permit for a desalination plant today. Yeah, you need water, right? Right. In the drought in California, it takes forever to do it. Right. That is what all this rule, it it causes stasis. Right. People freeze in place, vast amounts of time are wasted on this. And and plus, they make things not happen that were going to happen, like the pipeline. Right. So, you, you know, you have the opposite of magnanimity. Right. You know, so you have this, and, and I can't exactly define it, I think, the way some people would, but it's, it seems to me like people in positions of power and authority have to have 
uh, generosity or concern about those that they are responsible for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And destroying that pipeline destroys the jobs, drives up the price of oil, which will drive up the price of everything else, and the, and the oil will be moved on rail cars. There's so anyway. much to say about all of this. I know. You're yeah. right. You're so right. the insanity is the opportunity. They will destroy the economy. Be ready to pounce in 2022. Good Don't for you. Don't give up. Good for you. Work hard. Thank you. God bless. That's right. That's the right sentiment. Thanks, Hal. I needed that. Thank you very much. Pete Peterson coming right up.